Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future, this episode of the podcast is supported by Doing the Damage, the only DJ pool focused exclusively on house and dance music. Supplying the best remixes, bootlegs, mashups and exclusive promos from their global network of DJs, producers and labels. Check it out now at doingthedamage.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast, including chats with James Hype, PBH, Alex Ross, Hannah Lang, Ben Rainey and many more on iTunes, Spotify and on Mixcloud. Simply search Felix Leiter in the house. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review or drop us a rating on your listening platform of choice, especially iTunes. If you're listening on your phone now, pull it out and drop us a five star review with a lovely comment. Also, why not spread the love and pass the pod onto a fellow DJ or music lover? Just grab the link from the podcast or the episode you enjoyed, stick it in some group chats or slide into some DMs. In this episode, I talked to Kathy Mambo, resident and Sunderland legend Ryan McDermott. Apart from being an all-round excellent human being, Ryan has demonstrated some fantastic skills that we can all take note from. His preparation for gigs and residencies, his obsession with music and what he wanted to play, along with researching the artists and labels behind it. Uh, his ability to network and form friendships that lead to and are still leading to his career going from strength to strength. This is a cracking episode with an all-round lovely guy. Let's get into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Right, we're live with Ryan McDermott again in my house. Thanks for coming to my house. No uh, worries, man. Getting a funny one. Um, we'll start where we always start. Um, what is your or what are your first memories of music? Like, where was it? Was it in the car? Was it your mum and dad playing it? Was it an older brother or sister? Like, just just music in general. Where was what do you remember? Not a specific record or anything. Just where were you hearing it? What was it? That's um, a lot of time. In, it, there was actually a, a moment in time when the music really started getting in us because I was always into films and books at one point but it was around about 2005 I think when Oasis released Lila and the, well just an album that they released I remember really liking it and then me mum's husband my stepdad he says oh well I've got some old Oasis singles I'll go and get them out in the attic so he gives us them and he also gives us Tiesto's Just Be album and said listen the track 10, which was a dad you for strings, yeah. and you need to listen to Cigarettes Alcohol on the first album. And as weird, as far apart as them are, that started because I'm, as much as I do DJ House music, I'm still an indie boy yeah. from that same, moment. Same. And I'd, every week, whenever I get a big pot of money or something at the time, I was going down buying whatever Weasis album in the right order to listen. I've become obsessed with them and they still are the best thing in my eyes. But uh, that was it. And then I just started really, really getting into music at that point. I was I got my first like iPod. And I was just... I, I was, so I, when you when your stepdad gave you the um, Oasis stuff, was it on CD or was it on... Yes, it was there. Uh, well, they had these uh, special collectors, Benson and Hedges box sets. With, oh, I remember them. With, They're like the flippy top yeah, bit. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it had the first singles from Definitely Me, Beyond Morning Glory. And it was... I've, they're still in my house somewhere. So I need to... Do they have the B side in it as well, like Talk Tonight and stuff like that? Is that? Or was that yes, it might have been on the scene. So I'd like yeah. obviously Supersonic might have had the. Th- I can't remember what which yeah. ones they are, but yeah. but I'd like Supersonic Shake and Make It Live Forever That's and right. all the original ones. Yeah. And I'd go for them, and then he, he would then he because he's he was also well, so he still is in the, his house music as well. So bit by bit, he'd be like, oh, I need to listen to this retro CD by Paul Taylor, and yeah. which he still gets onto us because it. I think there's like there's more of a connection there than than is logical like because like I think a lot of the like I, I was massive indie kid and I was also in a like US house at the time yeah. but like I think there's the connection there I think is like you even go back and we touched on it with Fat Phil Cooper in another episode but like there's also that casuals thing of that like sort of football fan lad who was into his guitar bands and stuff yeah, yeah. and then it kind of like and even if you go back a bit before Oasis but then they kind of like ecstasy came into the scene and those lads who were going and fighting or causing trouble or drinking at the football started having a, a pill and then like then they would be in a, they'd have to dance to dance music <laughs> do you know what I mean because like yeah, yeah. as much as it's maybe nice to listen to Oasis on an E like you, you have a bit more energy yeah. so I think there's I think weirdly and you say it and I, I, but I think I know loads of people have, have, have like a similar generation who are in uh, indie on one side but in dance music yeah, on another so although musically it might see it seem a little bit opposite I think there's more of a connection there than than you get. Like, um, so I think then the next the next sort of question is like, 
at what point did you become aware of the fact that someone was a DJ? Do you know what I mean? Whether it was like they were on radio, whether it you, someone you saw someone at a party, whether you had a mate or you stepped out of decks or something. Just that first inkling, because obviously now it seems a silly, it seems a silly question, but like as a, at some point being a kid, you're like, all right, that's just what someone does. Well, well, that's, that's weird that you asked that. We uh, asked it because uh, I used, well, I still do a bit of work for my dad. We've got like a family business and we're working up concert we are, and this lad just appeared on the site and my dad said, oh, this is Greg. We worked with him and during the day, obviously talking to him, he says, oh, I'm, I think I'm away to France or something this weekend. And, th- and when we got talking, his name was Greg Myers. Okay, he's, yeah, he's yeah. used to be the head candy DJ. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I know Greg. And I was like, all right. Just, so obviously got chatting and he says, yeah, obviously you can come with us if you want. And we got really close friends and it was him. He said, well, if you get a set of decks, I'll get you a set. And I was like, right, well, I've never touched him. So bit by bit, I got the decks. And the way it ended up, as soon as I got them, I've never seen him since. Which is, I, I, I keep trying to get in touch with him. You're joking. I've never seen him. So that's eight, 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 nine years ago. But just seeing him and he said, oh, I'm playing in Leeds and York. So I, I just follow him. Um, so you used but, to go with, with him to the Headcandy uh, gigs, the Headcandy tour any, gigs? Anyone that I could. He always <laughs> said, come, uh, he, obviously, Headcandy, yeah. eight, nine years ago was huge. So be, I think he was on a Brazil tour once and doing yeah. these things. So yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm somewhere in Leeds, I can't remember the name, but... I just remember he just said, look, there's me CD, see if you can pick some songs. And at the time, I was in a like, David Guetta type, well, yeah. David Guetta, uh, Swiss House Mafia kind yeah. of stuff. So I was just looking through his CDs and I would follow him and start learning, um, not learning, but watching him, not knowing anything what was going on, but watching him and thinking, this is amazing, like watching the bar explode and thinking, think, it, like, and everybody looking at him and thinking, this is the coolest person in the world. Like, you know, I'm just thinking, this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is and, for me. And uh, <laughs> It just bit by, and then we had the first lads holiday, lads, lads, lads in the booth, and he was there playing the Des Paradis with uh, another someone who's become a really close friend now, Ben Santiago, and yeah. lovely, lovely Laura. Yeah. And watching him again, it was he obviously got us in VIP, which was mind blowing to all of us little snotty eighteen year olds, and we're just like, this is like unbelievable. So uh, that was my first real into it. I got got the decks, spent like six months learning. Every, so how old would you have been when you did that day's graph with Greg? Like, just like, sort of, would oh, you have been like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20? 17, I would have been 18. About 18. And so, and was he talking about at that point, would it have been like CDJs? He would have had like yes, CDJs I and on the stuff. CDJs. The CDs on the CDs, so I'm, I'm not sure what type one to put it out. But um, that is the first, kind of, as, as way as it was, I bought them, I messaged him, and he never messaged back. <laughs> like, because he, he, he left, he left Sunderland for whatever reason, I know, but whatever reason it was, he left something to go I think he was living in Leeds I still think he did because I've searched his name just to see if he's kicking about and I, he did do something recently up north somewhere but it, well, it, it might not be him but yeah there was, a, there, was, there was a few of them that I used to know it was Dino's I was from Newcastle I don't know if you know Dino Dean Rigg he used to be like uh, the, the name work. because I, I get, when I when I was talking about Oasis getting obsessed with them I got obsessed not obsessed, but I just thought, right, I need to know everything about head candy because yeah. in my eyes, I was like, I'm going to be playing for head candy. Yeah. So, so I got, I started buying every compilation I could. And one of them actually relates to the, I think when I was on that that, that holiday, we were looking around the beat of town and it was the Beach House CD 2010. Okay. And which has, it starts with um, Who Keeps Changing Your Mind by the South Street Players. And that is still my favourite song in the world. But that, that CD at that time is just like I remember sitting on the beach in the booth and listening to that song thinking this is it hilariously that would have been like I signed like my first record to Head Candy it was called Sky High it was probably on one of those CDs was that not on with Marcella Woods 2011 well mate you know better than me I used to just sit and think and then but it was, even it, your name I used to but it was, to use the, yeah, the digital it, it was on one of them CDs but yeah there was, so there was Dino and then there's like Carl Hannigan used to do all the kind of like East God, I've, so only, I've, I've known his name for a while but Carl's been sending some songs last year and I'm, I'm, yeah. all these people that I've known the names are starting that, to talk yeah because he signed he signed the track and he was a DJ and then there's like there was Greg who I've met a couple of times and there's like Andy Daniels and all that kind of like big head candy extended family and stuff but like yeah like even like you could do like not review but like you could do it should do one with Mark Doyle like like uh, sort of the history of head candy is like yeah. where it went from classic FM to like global mega brand and then do you know what I mean and it's still sort of like you know Terry's doing one down in Hull isn't he soon with uh with um Sten what you call him Stonebridge um 
So yeah, that, that's mad, really. And then, so, so Greg, so that's interesting. So you, you're not even really aware of like, did you listen? Were you like listening to like Radio One before that, or anything? Were you aware? Not of really like, Radio One. I just, I, I kind of like Radio David Guetta kind of stuff. I yeah. was on. I knew obviously Swedish House, like just the, the stuff you'd hear. It's more like radio, like edits of stuff yes, and that so kind like, of thing. That kind of dance I was in. I was still listening to like Tiesto's music at that time because of, because yeah. I, I, like I say, when I got the Oasis and Tiesto, I became obsessed with. So I, not that I was. Not in anything else. That was just I wasn't that in uh, yeah. the house. I think, it's, I think it's a really great like word that you've used a couple of times. Though, like that obsessed word because I think it's something that crops up a lot with DJs and stuff. Is like you become obsessed with a sound mm. or a DJ or a scene or a brand. Mm. And like I did exactly what you did, load with loads of stuff. Like you just try to find out as much as you can about pretty much. Like, and that, that, that's which we'll probably get into. But I've done the exact same thing. <laughs> But Mambo as well, but just so I, I became aware of what you'll know him as when well, there's a DJ who used to play Glenn Horsburgh. Yeah. So I'd done the same when I couldn't follow Greg. I knew I, I just messaged Glenn and because because he used to do it in the Street Boy, right? Is that, is that I didn't right? know him when he was Street Boy, but, but he used yeah. to do Revolution in Sunderland. Yeah. And then Chris Wood, have you heard of him? Yeah. He used to do Purple Bar in Sunderland. And then I'd walk in and I'd not know any of the songs we were playing, but I had the same thing on that lads holiday with Greg. We went to see Pete Tong in Eden. Yeah. And the lads I was with, they're, they're not really into house music at all. And I remember watching the crowd got nuts, but I wasn't free. I was like, why, why, what is this music? It was just obviously quite minimal. Kind of, yeah. I think there were, well, two tunes I remember playing was Yoris Vaughan's mix of Beach Ball. Yeah. And I was like, I recognise this song, but I don't Like, it was just, don't recognize this I was music. just sort of the back yeah. kind of thinking, I, I like it, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm confused. And then, but yeah. I bought his CD, the Wonderland CD. So it's these CDs that have stuck with us for yeah. the years because I just remember a time when I was there with them. I think that's another great point though, which was like, I remember when I was a, a, a kid and like, maybe like, 16, 17, and buying, like, the annual CDs, mm. like the ministry annual CDs. And, like, you would be, like, I'd be obsessed with it, like, reading the full well, credits. Then it is, uh, sorry, putting in another one that we stepdad give us, the Pete Tong and Boy George. Yeah, yeah, I got that one, yeah. And, and it'd be, like, like and, but they'd have, like, the Prodigy Breathe on and stuff, which led us into another dive. So it's all these, the manuals, I start, become, I'd start looking at the artists and then just going off into their direction. Yeah. So I've spent many an hour just in my room. But I think it was that point that you made, which like, which, which, which used to confuse me as a kid. It was like, see, so I'd have the annual, I'd fucking know the annual back to front. Like I'd know the tune. I could tell you what tune on next and everything else. And I remember the first time I went to ministry of Salmon, I was like, just probably just under 18. And like, didn't know any of the fucking tunes. And I was like, Yo, I've got the annual. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> like, is this not what you, eh? Do you know what I mean? And then it, it's, it's an interesting point you make about like, you know, going to see Tongi or whatever. And, then you've you've had this CD and then suddenly you're in IB from the super club and you're like oh they don't just play all the stuff yeah, yeah. on the <laughs> on the CDs but it's an it's an interesting point that I think which has changed now I think because it's so easy now to watch boilerroom sets or to watch like you know a be at TV I don't think it's as massive as it maybe was but like what I'm getting at is like if you're 16 now any or even younger dead easy to watch a live set from you from Mambo dead easy to yeah, watch yeah, you know like anything like a, you know a, a, a boiler room an AVA thing whereas like you know but especially when I was younger and I guess even when you were like 14, 15 you, you had a CD you had like the Beach House CD that yeah. was it like that was how you heard what was it, a head candy event um, alright cool so you were kind of going to so you've kind of like you've been following Gregor and you're a bit like this I quite like the, like, the idea mm. of this um, are you still are you at college at this time or are you grafting the, like, no I was just working for me dad so work, I'd left I'd left, left school working for your dad, for dad yeah. and so how what like what's the next stage like do you get because you said you got Dexy and we saw Greg again but what's the sort of stages between uh, following Greg and like and like and like thinking this is fucking cool and want to do it what's the next step like do you get do you get Dex or do you do a gig before you even got oh no I, I got the Dex and I thought right, right. I'm not I'm but I guess with every DJ who's learning, or is it like the, the setting stone as a DJ now? There's a certain, a certain point from learning in your bedroom and thinking that's it, and then going into a bar and even just DJ in, in front of the bar staff changes your, the full thing. Yeah. Like ever, whatever I've just learned in six months went completely and we win the <laughs> What decks did you get? What was your starting setup? I can you remember? It's eight hundred. A little mix. Like, but my friend, I've got a friend there, Danny McCarthy. Um, he, he, I think he knew a friend because he was in. Teesside University who was selling them and he just said look for, for what you're going to be doing like for pretty much perfect, the, the, yeah. the perfect thing so uh, I'd start there was a it all kind of went hand in hand because there was a bar in Sunderland that opened I'd say 2011 and I didn't know the owner at the time but now he's one of my best friends uh, called Lola's Bar 
And it, it, I'm biased because I did play there and a lot of people think I'm just seeing it. But in my opinion, it did change Sunderland Town Centre, um, which, because at the time it opened, and Walter's, Walter Vitti, who owned it, his mentality was as long as you're playing good house music, yeah. just play it. And he had Chris Bungoni and Andrew Atkinson in. And I remember walking in there and it was just the, the, the curious around the corner, which it might have been, but I was just going out with that time. So to me, that was like, this is you don't say this anywhere you might have done so that's just my opinion if anyone's thinking any different but um and again it was kind of like the, the pig tongue thing whatever they were playing out it was like it was quite it was like tech housey funky house it was bouncy like the place yeah. was just going off and i was like right if i'm going to play anywhere i'm going to get in here which is a stupid but that's always been my mindset like i just thought if if i'm going to do anything I, and at that time i was always like i'm i'm feeling a bit like um not like feeling like I was ready for it, but I was like, I, I think whatever I'm playing, I want to play in here. Like I don't, there's some other bars and towns which, which were all right, but I thought well, if I go in here, that I'm just not going to like it. So not that I'm better than any other day. I've never had that kind of thing, but I just thought that's the only place yeah. I want to play. If anybody offers it, I wouldn't enjoy it. I'm not going to do it. And that's always been my mentality. Like I, I don't want to take somebody else's gig off them for the sake of having a gig if I'm not going to enjoy it. So I, I got, I got to know Andrew a bit. I'd message him and say, oh, what, what's your 10 tracks of the month? And like I do with CDs, he'd send them and I'd say, and they, like, at the time it was Mark Knight's You Got the Love remix. The guy called Stefano... Nofarini. Nofarini. And yeah, I think yeah. he had a song called like F and House Music. Or the, yeah. It was that kind of vibe that was going on. Lawless. Big, was, chunky kind of like, like yeah, really too heavy. Roomy and and This was before Hungry for the Power got released because I yeah. remember there was a switch in Sunday when that... It went a bit deep. It went a bit like, yeah. as house music does, there's obviously Sick, shifts and yeah, chains. Yeah. Um, and I was into that and then bit by bit I was starting Andy and he said look do you want to come down and just do a mix with us and I said like 100% so we went out in the afternoon and I was expecting maybe 8 or 9 but it got like 12 o'clock places bouncing he says right just jump on for half an hour and I remember absolutely like my hands were shaking and I was like this I didn't expect this and I'd done I don't know like six songs that I knew that, that I'd been practicing so I don't know it was our moon and then that led to like becoming a warm up 8, eight till 9 8 till 10 and then eventually Andy left and I was the resident for, I think, three years before I left to go to Beef. And it was there. I was just in Lola's definitely every Saturday, sometimes a Friday. And yeah. that, that learnt us everything on. It was good that I had the year till nine slot because yeah. when I first started going in, I was playing my stuff and Walter pulled aside and said, that's a bit too heavy. Is anything, can you do it? But this isn't like, you, that's a learning curve. So I've had to, I had to learn how to... And you, there's, there's, because right now these days, and I'm jumping backwards and forwards, but I think a lot of young DJs getting into it, they're hearing what, like you see on these big TV sets or whatever it is, and they're going into clubs, and I've walked into clubs at nine o'clock and they're smashing it out. And the, the, there's like little things you got to look for. So I always look for like even if an older couple come in and they're just tapping the table as they talk, and you know they're acknowledging them. They don't need to be going like this is yeah. it just yeah. there's a there's a certain difference you can get as DJs. So that was a good learning curve, and then. I had to then learn how to then become the all-night resident because I was only ever doing maybe half an hour in the middle of the night when Andy went to the toilet. Yeah. But I was always in the club. It become That was like me church for Saturday night. I was always there here till three when it should. And that that's what... That's it. I believe that's what Carlos did, DJ, because it took you from... Yeah. Like, I mean, here till three these days. Most DJs are calling an hour and a half an extended set, which is yeah. ridiculous to me. But here till three, that Lola's bar. So it was kind of like bedroom, Lola's. And then I went to Ibiza. How well. long do you think? How long do you think you were? Like, how long do you think you had your decks and you were like practicing in your in your in your house or whatever? How long do you think it was between getting your decks and that first like little cheeky setting? Uh, I think it was eight months because I think it was Christmas. Okay. Christmas, I got them for a Christmas present, and then oh, I think it was August. August. I mean, September. that's like I think that's a pretty like. T- to be fair, like things have obviously changed. You know, people will have a computer for music and get a controller and think they're a DJ when that's fine. They probably are. But like, I think that's a very like realistic, you know, just for someone who's listening, if maybe the door DJ now, you know, that's a relatively realistic kind of time scale. Like get, just, get your, get your thing that you're going to DJ on, whether it be a controller or decks or turntables or whatever. It's going to be a good six months before you, you're really solid enough yeah, to, to, to be to able like, to, to be like in front of people you don't know. <laughs> playing records and then uh, it's a similar thing like it's a similar thing for like I think most 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 people spoke to on this podcast and most people I know like James Hype mentions it like that a lot of people have that one gig where they do like a big chunk of hours whether it be like two three four five hours and they do it for like a good period of time whether it be like a year or two years and it just almost like gives you that education yeah, yeah. of like and especially like again like most of us you know most of us don't just 
fucking go from zero to two hour main sets. Well, none of us do really, apart from a very small handful. But a lot of us all talk about these like these lot these like all night sets, whether it be in a bar or like a club, and where you have to learn to play from zero with no one mm-hmm. in, or you know, to all the way through the warm up to like the peak to either then the end or bringing it down again yeah, a little yeah. bit. And I think that gives you that that kind of like that education and that that confidence. Like one thing I always think is like you mentioned it before about like sometimes younger kids or younger DJs go and start smashing out at ten o'clock at night, and it's like weirdly it's it's almost the reverse of it being arrogant like the confidence comes like you know from from you or like ryan or me or whatever it's like confidence comes from knowing what you can the least you can get away with to start with yeah. it's like what's the least i can do like musically to make sure people are like having, just, just, having yeah. a little bob and having like you know like you say a little foot tap and then like you start to fill the floor we don't just go boom tune like yeah. you're like how can i just like edge this in like chip by chip and then and get it going and i think that's something that, that those gigs that you were talking about Lola's like that's where you learn it oh, um, but then again that's like most especially in Sunderland now most DJs aren't starting till 10 11 where more and it's just like I'm talking Sunderland in general it just yeah, seems yeah. to be a bit of a mentality where people won't go out till later and they come out and they know exactly what they want to hear because I've, I've played in a couple of places I've, there's two there's a place called Gatsby's which I sometimes go and play with my two friends there and I've played a bar before and I've seen a, a, a crowd come in come over ask for the song and we're living in Instagram world now and they, they put, the, put themselves dancing to that song and I've I've then finished that bar went to Gatsby's and I've saw them come in and ask and it's and I'm just thinking, like, like what, what, what's going on there? But I mean, they're enjoying themselves. I'm not putting anyone down for having a good night. I'm going, that would do. They do what you want, but I just, feel, I just feel like there's a lot of like, if if I don't hear my song, I'm not willing to listen to anything else unless that's it. Yeah, that's another really good point, which is like, it's, it's, and it's. I think that's something that's clubbing wide, not just, but not just DJ sets in Sunderland, but like, it's like we now live in a world of the moment, like, and I need yeah. to catch it the moment or a moment, like, and. Whereas, you know, a long time ago, you know, more about, you know, when there was, you know, clubs without camera phones and no one's saying it's better, it was just different. But because you couldn't capture a moment, you were there for the fucking thing. You were there for the the night, the journey, the whatever. You weren't there for the one moment, picture, fireworks, tune, whatever. Like, so I guess that's that society really. So like, so you're doing like, so you're gigging in Lola's like quite regularly. Mm. Are you picking up like, other gigs because of that? Or are you just like, is it just boom, it's Lola's, that's all you're about? Like, uh, are you starting to get other little bits and bobs? or Maybe odds and ends, but I wasn't, I'm not really sure what, what I, I don't, I didn't really know what I wanted out of it at, okay. at the time. Because you're still graphing through the week, right? I'm still, yeah, I'm yeah. still working through Dad, so it was kind of, I didn't have, I, I'm not really sure. Not a lot, I, maybe one, one or two here and there, but it wasn't like Friday night elsewhere, it was always Lola's and, if I if I wasn't DJing, I was in Lawless anyway. Well, what just part, yeah. kind of, that was just a, I had a similar part. <laughs> like um, so interestingly, like did you like the first time you really DJed? It was it was far far dance music. Yes, like uh, and and like although we'll, we'll come back to the indie thing and obviously, but you mentioned that. But you didn't start off doing like you weren't doing a student night playing all search. No. You weren't you didn't even start off DJing indie. Like you literally started on far far practiced on 4-4 and your gig was like that was it. Right. So it was so like, that's it, interesting man it was exactly what I wanted to play yeah. in the place I wanted to play and I was like I would have waited another two years if, if it was that because that's I, I, I just mem- I remember loving it the, the crowd I got a good reaction but I knew anyway that these songs were working because there were songs that were getting played regularly in Lola so I'd, it wasn't a very risky set that I played yeah. first, but it, I was just one of them where I thought right in my mind, I blew the world apart. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's class." I'm no, like, it's, it, it's, it is because it's because I remember it really well. Like in a couple of stages of my life, there's that thing where, like, especially when you're younger, you just have this one focus. Like it's just like this one bar in this one place. That's the fucking place. And obviously, looking back now, we're all like, "Oh, we know there's so much more going on." Yeah. But like, I had the same thing with a bar in, in Cardiff. The same thing with digital. Really, it was just like if I'm DJing at digital, that's all that matters. Like I don't ever need to DJ anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Like as long as I'm there, that's fucking fine. And like, so I totally get that, like that, that, that mindset. So then what, what, like, so you're in Lola's, you're smashing it. It's, does it just do you, how does the IV thing, is that the next step? Like, is that what we talk about next? Like pretty much because right. it's, it's, uh, well, 2012 to 2016. So a, a four year period of so you're grafting, grafting for your dad and you're DJing in, in, DJing. Like, in I said, me and, like I still, I'm very close friends with Walter who now owns another pub, in, a, a proper pub, not yeah. a club in Sunderland. And I've, I've done, 
shouldn't really work in that this is just plugging the salt grass, but yeah, uh, yeah, it shouldn't really work. But he has he's been putting these um like live bands on it's more like like a nice little company type of pub in set back just out of the city centre. And we've put the decks on the end of the bar in this pub, which has been around for, for years, and it, it's more like a house party. It's like every, it's just crazy. But I remember him seeing at the time. For, I'm not going to the reason, but he, he just—it was like in a passing sentence. He went, oh, I'm, "I think I'm, I'm quite done with this because he's, he's getting older, starting a family thing, and I want something like that." And that stuck with us. And I was like, "Well, if if you do get rid of this, Lawless, what, what am, am I, I going to do?" In a way, not in a, not in a selfish way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going to like I couldn't stop him, but it was just like, "Is this a hobby or is this something?" And I was getting to a stage yeah. in life where I was like. I was about to turn twenty five, and I thought, "Well, I've had- and the money." I don't. I'm not asking you what you were getting paid at Lola's, but was the money you were getting from us just like that was just a bonus? That was just like beer but- money, clothes money. You weren't paying your bills like that. You weren't like running your life through it. You, you were no. Like, that yeah. was like yeah. Lola's would finish at three, and I'd wax the most of it by the time <laughs> I fell out of the other nightclub after, which is uh, which actually going back to the Indian house there's a bar called Seven. Yeah, and I'm good friends with the DJ and that. So it used to be like uh, eight or three. What's that like? Seven, six, seven hours of house music, and it'd be the complete opposite. I'd walk in, scream me like a weird. Don't look back in anger. <laughs> Forty Jack Daniels at the bar, and then fall out with a milkman. You know, so you've like, never seen your money again. That's, not, it, that's so your Saturday night. Like, so, so made me working week with my dad. That was that was my money and Lola's. I'd have a good night. But I remember him saying that. But Lola's as well. Walter would book these acts. So he's had. Uh, Jason Bai, Andy yeah. Baxter, Graham Sahara, as well as a, lo- so a lot of the so he, he had, And yeah. when they come over, I just. I mean, obviously, they're doing a lot more than at the time I could ever do. But I was watching, thinking, "That's what I'm doing." Why is the bar gone absolutely crackers? And I was yeah. like, "This is the, the, the magic of DJ." The, 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 <laughs> the blew me brains out when I was like, "This is this is class." And I, I went to see, but they're the they're the DJs I look up to. So there's some people who say who's your favorite DJ, and we, like not disrespecting them, but a lot of people might not know them. Yeah, yeah, not know the names like the Young and Zalciards, Jason Bay, Andy Baxter, the Island Resident. There's so many I can name. Like they're all. Becoming yeah. close friends with them now, and I just thought, right, I'd, I'd save some money up, and I thought it, the worst thing that can happen is I just get a flight home, you know. So, but at least, so, so the thought process was just to take it back. I'm going to go to Ibiza, pretty much for the summer. Did that mean leaving? Did that mean leaving? Low, like, low, like, yeah. Low, well, I was it a, already closing, or were you like, no, he, he, he hadn't set a date or anything. But I, I just, I knew that was in his mind. I thought, well, that could happen any time. And if it does, and I'm was it a little bit quieter over the summer than the winter? Like, were you quite happy to leave it for like? Oh no, it was no. Lola's was. Um, it had a bit of a change uh, because of the music. See, like when it first opened, like see, the Sunderland, which is good for Sunderland, had grown and everybody was now, which is now it's a, quite a thriving music scene. There's people like Solly who yeah. play with you before. There's loads of people coming from it, and there's loads of great DJs there. Some underrated DJs as well, in my opinion. But I just thought that it was. It was kind of like I, I, just I, did, time. I didn't know where I could go, and I was kind of like, "There's, there's nowhere in Sunderland if this does go." Where I'm, it, I don't know. That, that was my thing, and and I, I, like it was just one of them. I thought I don't want to, I don't want to turn thirty, which not is, is an old age, but I just thought, right, that's a mindset. It's five years away. Yeah, I don't want to turn thirty and think and, and say it myself. Well, I've just had ten years DJing, and so like something could happen because I believed that the, at the time, which would have been I think January two thousand sixteen, when I thought. I feel I'm better than this. Not that I know I'm better. I just thought yeah. I'm not, not sorry, not that I'm better than Lords. I just feel like no, I, could, I, could, to, I could do something. Nothing a, wrong with to like try to like aim a bit higher and improve. Yeah, and that. Okay, I think so. I I, I taught so I I went out in Gatsby's. He talked about Gatsby's one eight, and there's a, there was a DJ. You know, he's still playing on a Friday called Liam Connor, and I quite like what he was doing. Not that I'm seeing that got him in there, but I just I mentioned to Wally's a lad, so I kind of done what Andrew would do with me. So like, oh look, come and do it now, and he took over, and I think it was. I think he had another two year, and then a chain, and he was then the resident of the following bar when Lola's did actually eventually shut. But going back to, uh, and then that, that's what actually I just uh, I left. So you, so you basically did you book a one way flight? Did you? Yeah. Did, you, did you book a holiday? Did you know you had two weeks? Did you like? No, I just 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 book. I like I'd saved enough money, and I just thought right, I, I'd saved enough money where I knew I didn't have to work. I didn't have to sorry work to survive. So yeah. I, so, so I can. I didn't have any idea. Now, now I can talk about it now as in a different way, but at the time I thought, right, if I go over, see what I can get. If it lasts... How early did you go out in the season? Uh, I think I got I think I think got there first in year. Because right, okay. I, I was told off a few... I, I've got a few friends over there and they just said, first in year is a good time. Not everything's open. You can start getting yourself about hand your mixes in and just do a bit of networking, which is what everybody should do. But 
And was the plan to stay for the season regardless? She yes, had enough right. money to stay for the season, whatever was going to happen. That, as, was, as that was kind of the plan. Pretty much. I just thought, let's see how long it lasts, yeah. if it can last. So what year was this? 2016. Okay. So uh, the, so way, you, the way that worked out was... I. So tell it to start with, you land in Ibiza. Land in Ibiza. <laughs> what, what, what's your plan? What are you going to do? Just get out and get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, but the, the, the first night I ended up in a bar in the West End called Soho. And yeah. he's called, uh, well, at the time, I, I don't don't know if he owns it now, but somebody called Danny Barry, who's a friend now, but I, I don't think he might not remember it was me. But I went in and said, oh, is there any chance I can do a warm-up tomorrow? So on my second night, I did get a gig. It was just a free hour. But I was all in the moon with that. I was like, all right, well, I've... I made it. Not, not too bad. <laughs> At least I can go home and say I did. You didn't agree to yeah. someone. Uh, and then, did you have any like? Did, did, but you didn't just like just in case like. But you didn't have any c- contact with like, um, like with Mambos or Savannah. At this point, when you went out, you didn't really no. have any contact with any like of these places. Like no, no, um, no, no. Yeah. I, 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 I was living with somebody. Uh, it's called Neil Evans. Everyone's doing not sleep. Okay, yeah. So he, he um, I was staying with him. And obviously, I was I was asking him if there's any. I was trying to look. Is anything anything you can help us out with? But the way Savannah came about was well, while I was living in the first summer, it was just around the corner. Okay. So I was popping down for breakfast, and that was something I thought like again. I had the kind of Lola's mentality at like because I, I I got offered once to do Linux Bar, which is a great bar. Yeah. But I'm not the DJ you can get on the microphone. Yeah. So I had that. Not that I'm better. No, no. You just decided that, that you just decided that that's, you didn't that, want to be in it. No, I just yeah, thought that's, that's not for me. Yeah. And one, I couldn't do it good enough for them. Yeah. So that's it, it yeah, works both ways. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not that DJ, yeah, and I wouldn't do it just for the money. So uh, I, I was going around bit by bit, and then I do not sleep. Had a workers' party on at Savannah. So obviously Neil said, "Look, you, you can do the first hour with." People and the DJs I played with have now went on a massive thing. There's a lad called Drew Morland. Yeah. I think Pat Hickey was on it. And they started a, a brand called Faction, yeah. which was at Eden. Um, Alice Clark, who's now in America, she's part of a Mambo brand as well, but she's doing what she's played for Sankey's. And because I was going down for my breakfast, I would sit there for like a couple, like a couple hours just listening to what the DJ was playing, trying to get the vibe. And to be fair, it's very laid back Savannah during the day. It's like yeah. you can go from playing Fleetwood Mac, Lighthouse Family, just people who. Uh, they're coming down for breakfast, they're hanging, or to yeah. people who were just getting on it, and you, or you can obviously play a bit nice, chill out stuff. But even then, that was changing me because I'd, I'd already obviously I prepped like my beach. I went back to the beach house CDs. I thought, all right, well if this is that kind of vibe, uh, and then when I'd done the first, when I'd done the hour, I'd, uh, the manager Jess was like, oh, I didn't know you were DJ because I, I, that was never me again. I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm trying to DJ kind of thing. So I just left it, went down. Just had a good crack, got to know all the staff before I was even DJing there. Yeah. And then I said, well, look, if there's any chance of a, of a daytime shift, I'm any chance I can come down. Yeah. So I'd started doing, I think I'd done about four or five daytime shifts. And the resident who's still there with me now, he's Richard Bright, goes by the name of Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. He, I was going to do the day, he was going to do the nighttime session. Uh, and his, his flight got mixed up. So he said, well, I can't do it. Come and give Ryan a go. Classic DJ story, <laughs> which is which is a, a nice way. Someone couldn't turn up. I was there. So, but, but the, I think, but me and Jess, Jess is still one of uh, someone I, I like. Um, she, she definitely gave me one of my first. Well, she hundred percent gave us the first chance on the island. So she said, "Look, I think you've earned your way." Yeah, I'm willing because a, a sunset in Ibiza on that strip is quite big a, deal, a, yeah. a big thing. But it's a massive thing. So she said, "I'm I'm going to put me trust in you." And I'll give you the slot. So that my first summer, I think I'd done three in the end over the first one. How week. far into it from the first of May was that first one? You remember? That would have been the first daytime shift. I think was July. Oh, oh so it's birthday. still like so. It's, I mean, it's still just these things. I think are really important for anyone who's listening and thinking about this. You're not going to land on the first of May and be doing no. your first. You know, I mean, I, I know some people. I know it's looked different for some people, but I think it's just important to like. Well, to, there's there's so many off things that can go off here, but that it it you can't now. You you might have been then because there was a bar called Hush. Yeah, Fever. Fresh, yeah. They, they have both gone. Yeah, I don't. They might be back this summer. But when Drew no, Morland and Pat, they had these uh, this event called Faction, and my other friend Oliver Jeremy, he had an OG and Friends Night at Viva, and I walked in there, and he introduced us to these guys, yeah. and then my other friend Ryan Wallace. So there was kind of like workers' parties, which there isn't anymore because these clubs have gone, but and the, the West End. Yeah. If, you, if you've been or you don't know it, it's 
cheap and cheerful. You know, you, you yeah. get exactly what you pay for there. But a lot of the clubs, I always feel like if somebody like Hush and Viva did, and when they did it, it blew up because yeah. they're, they're too scared to take risks. So that you got your commercial. But it wasn't it wasn't incubator for like as much as the West End, as you say, can be seen as cheap and cheerful. It can be seen as is cheap and cheerful. Yeah. It is also an incubator for stuff like even Hannah, like Hannah Lang, who's on the podcast, who's doing all right. Like she spent a summer doing you know upstairs oh, in, in the yeah. Highlander. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But then you know she played fucking high last. That's amazing. I mean, so it's like a lot of DJs go out there and get these gigs and start meeting people, and then everyone grows up together and goes off to mm-hmm. do different stuff. So, like, it is a really important point. Without that, but that, that's that's the point about DJs going now. There's not you can't even get free gigs to yeah. even because they've got the residents, yeah, and the residents are in at least six nights a week. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know great DJs who no, they're not stuck. They're, they're doing the job. You have to earn the money, but it, you, you, you can, I can kind of tell that that yeah. it's it's just something where it's not what you want to do. Well, going back to Savannah, I, um, so your first daytime might have been like July time. I think it was July because it was close to my birthday. And, and what was your first? When was your first sunset? That was near the end of August. Can you remember the track you played? Yep. <laughs> and that actually goes right back to me stepdad giving us the Tiesto CD because I played the Dadio for strings, the slowdown version when the sun. Nice. That was because there was a bit personal stuff going on with him at the moment so I, it was kind of like yeah a, yeah yeah but it's tri- that's music though little, that's little nice. tribute thing to him but yeah. I remember thinking like because I think she, I think I had four days to prep and most of the stuff I was just using me daytime stuff anyway yeah. but but that also everything relates to the way it's always been through so because I became obsessed with head candy and stuff I then became when I knew I was going to Ibiza I became obsessed with the Mambo, so I listened to BR TV. Yeah, I would then start listening to Jason Bice sunsets, yeah, Andy Baxter's Andy Baxter, and all of them, and just yeah. trying to. Because I, I listen to, so I had their sunset sets, the most chill out sets in the world, in my headphones when I'm making windows for me dad. But usually, <laughs> the, you, you take it off and it's got this smooth FM bouncing in the factory. <laughs> and I've got, I don't know, like like a dad you for strings playing me ears, but yeah. I'm. Make me window, then I'm taking the phone out because it's showing Jason Bice DJing, and then it shows a sunset, and I'm thinking. Why is he doing that then? Yeah. What's the reason? Like, and then you can see. So yeah, I, I was tra- trying to take it in. So because my dad's always had this uh, saying, I never know if I'm saying it right, but it's kind of like either opportunity, preparation meets opportunity or preparation meets success, something like that. So yeah. if you prepare for something, so I was collecting music before I was even having the chance to do it. Yeah. And I've always had that. So if it ever happens, there's no like, ready oh, it's it. just like, right, I'm done. Yeah. So I'm straight in. And that was, um, but during that time, which also leads on to the Mambo gig, which like because I get a lot of people, which is still crazy to me. I get people from around the world, see they're looking up to us and stuff. But I'm 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 quite a lead, but I, in my eyes, I take what I do very seriously. I just don't take myself quite yeah. seriously, just as, really a, sure. as a person in general. But um, I became close with a DJ called Dolly. Yeah, yeah. In my first summer, and he invited he invited us to play up with him at Pikes. Yeah, um, Martin Martin Dolly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually led to me living with him in my second summer. Nice. So, but he invited us to play Pikes, and he didn't know us that well, so he says, oh, you can open up the pool. So if you've been up Pikes, it's the, probably the best place in the world. But yeah. I'd, I'd never been, which is quite lucky as well, because I think if I knew what I was wanting to... If you've ever seen the Club Tropicana Wham video, yes. <laughs> that's, that's Pikes. So I, I think I went in six o'clock, and I just I was playing some just poolside stuff, and then I got a seven. Nobody, people were there, like the customers, but nobody else was in the booth, so I just carried on playing. Then it got eight o'clock. Somebody else turned up, played for an hour, said they were leaving. Still nobody. Dolly was announced because it was quite early. Because Pikes has like a poolside session, nice and chill. There's a yeah, restaurant now, little, club thing. little thing, and then you go into a, a, a room called Freddy's, which is where yeah. Freddie Mercury used to yeah. have his little party. So that was the main bit. But then, so I jumped back on at nine. I think it got like eleven. Dolly showed up. Said, are you still hanging out? Because I was just enjoying playing. I was like, well, I've got gigs, so this is it. And it went from that to French because I think he just thought, wow, someone's actually, I don't know, staying, or whatever I've done, I'd impress him with. So yeah. that led to me doing his next party a little bit later to then opening the inside room at Freddy's. And then what? This is all the first summer? This is all in the first summer. Wow. So it, like, it's kind of like. So being, how did you meet Martin? Did you know him prior from Huddersfield and stuff? Like, did you no, know I, I knew him because of Neil. He was talking right. to Neil one time and then Neil right. said, oh, this is Ryan's doing his thing. And I just, cool. so I'd follow, I went to watch him play at Space. Yeah. Become friends with his now wife, Carl Sheenan. We just, I'd, so I'd, I'd just pop up. I was just amazed by being in the studio. He's dead sound, Martin. He's really nice. One of the, he's, he's always, he's helping me other, well, not helping, so he's like, he's like a guide kind of person. Now he's doing these retreats and stuff for yeah. DJs. So he's, no, he's, he's still smashing. I don't see him as regularly now, which is a shame, but, Every every summer I try and get up to his house because he lives quite far on the island. 
I try and go for a weekend and a little mini holiday with Shane and Dolly. But um, yeah. during one time, I think he just he messaged saying, "Oh, do you want to do you want to do half an hour at Mambo when he has his Dolly and friends nights?" And obviously, I was like, "Yes." So uh, let's think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the people, obviously, the owners of Mambo are always aware of what's going on. So they knew I was at Savannah to a point. I was doing some daytime stuff. Yeah. And he, he just says, I think it was like maybe 10 to 10.30 or 10.30 to 11. And when I was DJing, Javier, who was the owner oh, yeah. of Mambo, just appeared at the window, shook me hand, and I was like, well, I was like, oh, he was shitting him. So I was like, that's good. It's all going well. And then I finished, went outside, just buzzing. I was like, wait, that's it. There's, I, I've, like, I can't do much more this summer in my mind. I was like, this class. I think that must have been about August. I went over to Sheikh Javier's aunt and said, like, thank you. And he says, oh, you're a Mambo resident now. And I was like, wow. So, but there, so I played with Dolly two more times. I was on his case quite a lot, trying to be hit, go down there, see what was happening. Never played not uh, as a resident for Mambo that summer, unless I was with Dolly. But yeah. then the next summer, I just got a call, can you do the soft open in 2017? So how, so how many of those gigs, again, I'm not asking how, how much or blah, blah, blah. How many of those gigs in that first summer did you get paid for? Oh, the first? Uh, everyone at Savannah. Okay. The mambo because because you were with Dolly. He was, he was guesting anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but you were, but you, but more to the point, you were earning some money in that first yeah, season. Yeah, that, that, like, I think I earned. But that that's it, it's because this might it's not trying to put people off. I, I might have earned about a thousand pound. the full summer. Yeah. But that was because I wasn't looking for regular work gigs yeah. in place. So that's not the put days. You're not going to earn that. A lot of people learn a lot more. Yeah. If you go and you get a residency. Yeah, and a lot of people learn a lot less, yeah. It's not, it's so, just, yeah. That, so don't, like, if anyone's listening and thinking... Yeah, doing yeah, it, because you could go and get a gig, you know, like a little by the West End and work seven nights a week. That's and, what I mean. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you get the, the work's there, but that also goes back to these clubs shutting down. So a lot of these bars now, it, it is quite hard. So you have to... Because they've got the residents returning. So, like, Ibiza Rocks have that. So I, I do a couple of day times in Ibiza Rocks bar. Yeah. So you came... So let's, let's, let's just... So you finished that first season... Yeah. And like you, you're fucking rightly buzzing, right? You've gone out there and like you know Savannah, Mambo, Dolly, all these people you've met, absolutely class. Going back, flying back to Sunderland to work for your dad over the winter. I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> so I just like I've never like as much as I've had a plan. This is what I'm doing. There's not really been an end game to, yeah. to the full thing. So it's kind of. But did like, you fly back or did you stay this the winter? And well, no, I flew back. I think it was the second week of October. Right. Okay. Because um, you get a lot of the closing parties end of September. Yeah. So I actually missed Mambo closing the first year, but I, I flew back. Not knowing what the hell was going. On. I just thought, wait, that's it. Don't have. I, like, I, I think. Did you leave with any like promises, or did you leave with any like you know like, or, or, did, or was it just sort of like you know like I don't mean fizzle out, but it just sort of like great said your goodbyes and that was it, or did you leave with a come back? You can do Savannah next year. Well, come back, you can do Savannah definitely because I'd said it. She went look if you're back next year. Uh, she said you're definitely back in Savannah. Great. Um, and Mambo was obviously I was thinking about Mambo as well, but that wasn't set in stone. Yeah. Nobody had said it. It was kind of because I, I was still in my mind. It was is that just a passing thing, whatever. So I don't really know what was going on. Yeah. But I, I'd left. So I left and went back and I did start, I went back to work for my dad just to get some money. Lola's was still open. So I'd, I'd done like a few little kind of like guest slot things there. Um, and and it was just that. And then that, the first winter was kind of like, I, I had no idea what, what was happening because... So you weren't doing loads of DJing that first winter? You were doing a bit no, of No, I, I think, and... no, actually it was just, it was back to Lola's. So it was kind of like... Nothing wrong with that. It was just, no, no, just, it was just quite, quite a like, confusing time because I was like, right, what, what is that? Well, surely, I mean, were you not just every day going like, fuck me, I want to go back where I'd be for and like... Pretty much, but it still happens. It's quite... I, I have six months, six, seven months there. Yeah. Just as I'm like, well, you know, the island's getting a bit... Because it's quite small. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a city boy, really. So it's like... But when it's all buzzing, you've got things going on all the time. You, you never really settle down. But once it starts getting towards the end, it's kind of like... Oh, I, I love Sunderland, so that I have no issues coming back. So I get a lot of people like saying, "Well, you'd be buzzing." But I'm like, I love it. My mates are there. Yeah. Something's always going Pretty on. So I, and I always have, and I, I love the winter. So I'm in a. Where did you live that first summer? Just out of interest, like where were you? Were you Sanam? Were you Sanam? Like, it's right. always been Sanam. Like, right. You've always lived in always Sanam. Right. I, I, I could take a car over. I could hire a car. I just never have. So I've always been close to. To the strip, basically. Wherever I mean, it's close proximity to me. So then, so. We're not, we're not going to do it with every season, but like that, just because it's interesting. So you go back out for that. Have you, did you sort of contact Javi or Mambo or anything prior? Like, so what about Danny? Like, because we haven't talked about Danny, like Danny, like Danny O. Like, because did you know Danny prior to? Uh, I met him when I'd been. Sorry, Daniel Sullivan. Sorry for people. Like, he was a uh, Mambo resident, and I was a Mambo resident. Bef- 
Oh four, yeah, he's. I think he's now on his twelfth year now. Yeah, so, so Danny, and but he's also from the north east. He's from Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but no, I didn't know him personally. I'll reach Sunderland, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> we're only about twelve miles apart. But no, I never. But you never, you didn't know Danny before that first season. But I knew him and like. I went, I went to Beta 2009, 2010, 2014. Yeah. For a weekend in 2015, which nobody can remember anything from that weekend. But, uh, I'd, I'd met him once or twice, but they get, like, I get, I, I get that now. You, you get a load of people, well, hey, you come and see, and you're like, all right, I, I've got, like, yeah. not, not nasty. I just can't remember who you got. I'm, I'm meeting everybody every night. Oh, so yeah. I, he, I knew him. He, he would never remember me. And then, from then on, but me and Danny have just done a gig in Glasgow for New Year's Eve for Mambo's. Yeah, it was just interesting that you weren't you weren't pals prior no, to it or anything no, like no, that. No, just... So you're going back that second season, but nothing's really been agreed with Mambo's. You, you, no, as far no, as you're as far as you're so. concerned, you're going back out to do Savannah. Um, and and con- as I still am, as, as lots of people, like, I get people messaging saying like, "Oh, in my eyes, you've made it. Can you give us some advice?" But every year, I'm still got that same kind of hunger for I'm always looking for something new yeah. at the same time I'm, I'm over the moon where I'm at but uh, no so I went back kind of like 99% sure because I never ever assumed something's on Yeah, but, but that's the same was, with gigs now any gig you've got you're always like you know well, you're only as good as your last set like, yeah. so, I, so I was kind of like um, messaging Jess Jess was always yeah, 100% so I had that in my mind I was quite confident Savannah was on at least that, that's set in stone Yeah, uh, but I had a little um Kind of sneaky in me, not sneaky what I did, but in my own mind, I thought, right, I'm going to go over beginning of April when there's a bar called Mint Lounge, because on the strip, you've got Mint Lounge, yeah. Mambo, Cafe Del Mar, Savannah, and a bar called Fresh. Yeah. And everything about Del Mar is part of the Mambo group. So yeah. Mint Lounge opens early doors. It's just a nice little cafe, which as DJ is on, and then when Mambo opens, the music feeds through. So you can sit in Mint and you still get the Mambo and there's TV. So you can sit. So it's a good little thing. Yeah. And I knew that would be open. I said, let's just go for a weekend, me and me, me. Um, and hopefully I might see somebody just to kind of like rekindle some kind of oh, right it, that's him and that happened so I saw him and he says oh when you're back I said this time he says oh let's have a talk so I was like right for later so everything I wanted to happen happened that weekend come back got an email can you come down and he says oh can you do can you do the soft opening so obviously I think that might have new staff each year just like brush the cobwebs off yeah. more kind of thing so I've done it he's out of the moon and it went from there so I, my first summer I was doing I think every definitely every Thursday night I, this is your second season. It's my second second yeah. season, board. So when I started Mambo, it was like I think I was doing. There's a, there's different shifts you can do in Mambo. So like there's a ten or two shift you can play after the guest. Yeah, you can do six till you can do the sunset clear before you can do it yeah. all night. Yeah. So I was definitely doing after the guest on a Thursday and maybe a Monday all night session, and that's that's grew from that. But because I'm I I I'm, you never get to choose. You know, like I'm not in a position to choose me nights, but that's what I like. I never really know. So I, I so some nights I can do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Could be Saturday, Sunday of the week. Does after. it change week to week, or is it, or is it, what is it, it set in stone for the season kind of thing? No, it, it changes week to week. For, right, that's okay. what I found, but that's what I like because that's also a change as the a, crowd, as a DJ the guest. Thing. That, yeah, of course, you, 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 you keep it, them getting it keeps different. It quite fresh, you know, because yeah. you can you can go from. So, were you doing Savannah as well? Yes. So, so, how did you how did you how do you manage that like that schedule change? Like, how do you manage the fact that like how do you manage the, the well the way it works you just get sent uh, like can you do these and these you just say yes no yes no yes right, cool. most of the time it's never really worked out where they've ever clashed yeah. but if it has it's quite you just message one of the rest so second season you were pretty much entirely in Mambo and Savannah, Savannah. Pretty, like, that was me that was me bread and butter you know, that was all my money you know, I got I think I got a couple more pikes with Dolly cool um, I might have done a couple of the Beta Rocks band. I was getting like, a, I think I played in Eden with the Faction Lads a couple of times. Yeah. We had a Soul House, which was owned by Beta Rocks, which was around the beer, the Faction Lads again. Yeah, so I was, I was so getting... So you're starting to pick up. Just odds and ends. You know, yeah. like I'm guessing me and Ian was getting Cause, about... Because you, you get more mates. You, yeah, you, you're you, a you start getting more, you, you, yeah. you just network and each year you should never yeah. ever... I'm never ever going to feel like I'm settled. So you're always just out and about trying to meet, hear yeah. new music. Because everywhere you play, it's a different style, it's a different yeah. crowd. And that's what I'm always trying to find. Yeah. Somewhere new and just, just, uh, not that I'm comfortable at the moment, but you, you, you kind of get a bit, you, um, I'm sorry, not settled. You, you just do kind of feel a bit like, right, I'm, I, I don't, there's not much pressure now. You, know? you still yeah. want to do, I'm, there's still pressure to do a good job and do it to the best you can, but I'm, I, I'm always searching for that, like, oh, I don't know what I'm walking into kind yeah. of thing. And I'm always, but that's what I always like. So, has much changed? Like, so how many seasons have you done now? I've just finished my fourth. You've just finished your fourth. Okay, cool. So that was a second. Like, did much was much different 
in that after that second season was it much different in that in that winter or was it still very similar? Like we uh, no, pick I, up I, a I, couple I, more gigs that I, you. Uh, um, I've got a, a couple. There was a few more gigs starting to come elsewhere. So I, there's a bar in which I'm. I'm not officially, but I call myself a resident there down Avalon in okay, Darling. Cool. Yeah. So I, I went to play for them a lot more in Sunderland, which is, I've never played in Newcastle, which is strange. Have I not played in Newcastle? No, I've, I've just played Colonel Porters this weekend, oh, actually. Yeah. But that was for some, uh, my friend Molly birthday. Henderson's birthday party. Cool. And I was playing alongside Griff, who was also someone I played with Pikes and Mamba. So that was a good game. But, a, a lot more. Um... Do you miss like? Do you miss it then? Like in the sense of, I mean, obviously, do you miss it? It's a retarded question. But what I mean is, I don't miss. Do you miss the island? Because I, I get like, I get, I get the winter summer thing. I get yes. that you coming home and your pals and all that. But like, from going DJing like what six, seven, eight times a week to DJing like just once a week occasionally. Is that like, is that good? Cause it totally refreshes you and recharges. Cause Ryan was like, you know, the other week, Ryan Miles, like BCM resident was saying like, I need it, man. He was like, cause he can DJ, you know, like he's, they're very different to you in a sense. Like he's in a club, mm. but he can do like full nights, you know, like 10 till four. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like intense, you know, both pre and post gig. He's also be doing boat parties and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's harder, but it's a, it is left. It's, it's, a, it's, different, a, it's a different level of intensity than, yeah, yeah. Than, than, than doing a man I guess in some ways. And he was just like, oh man, I just need it. He's like, I just come back and I'm spent. Like, I just need to, he's like, but until Christmas, I'm just like getting my head back together. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, January, February, I'm just even just starting to think about like <laughs> music. So like, do you, is it something that gets taken away from you and you're like, you really miss it? Or is it nice to have a break and recharge? Or how do you, I, like, I how know, do you I've find never, it? I've never really thought, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the most laid back person well, so I, I never really, okay. never really goes into my mind. I'm just like, all right, this is what I'm doing now okay. kind of thing. So um, I, it, I guess it is strange to, to just stop because it is, if not six days a week, like, well, definitely six days a week, but yeah. yes and no. Like, but now I've found like, like, uh, November, December, you, you've got, you, you've like, I've been getting some big gigs at the weekends and stuff. You've got things to look forward to. Christmassy and all that, that kind, kind of stuff, thing. So you've yeah. got everything going on. But now I've been thinking like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, ready to get kind of get back into the island thing because there's, I am just waiting on the weekends to come. I mean, I've just got a gig down in the board club in Durham on yeah. a Sunday, which yeah, is this nice. Yeah, thing. Like, yeah. Which, but that's that's a gig I love. But I, I, going back, like, like what we're talking about these young DJs, I don't think a lot of DJs, not that they won't enjoy it, but it's, you're not really the focus of anyone's attention there, which yeah. I'm quite used to because yeah. of Savannah uh, and the, the, the chill out sets, which I think yeah. a lot of, lot of DJs need to try and do like these days, I think because they're so used to like, I've got to play, like, I'm just yeah. in the corner, playing some nice, de- oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. there's no, there's, like, you, you get a few people, can, can play, it's no neat, neat problem, but it's, it's not a pressure gig, which yeah. is not, especially on a Sunday, like, yeah. but, uh, it's, I'm, I've never really thought too much about what I'm done. Just I'm I'm used to the, 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 the rhythm. The, cool. Pretty much. I was going to ask you, like, because it's something that I mean, everyone I guess is interested in in a way. Like, you know, you're talking about like listening to your Andy Baxter stuff. You know, when you were when you were graphing for your dad and that. Like, where did you find? How did you like find the music? Like, so you're listening to something that you don't know, right? Fair enough. You used to have your your head candy CDs and your um, your ministry CDs and stuff. But like, just for DJs listening now, like where, how, if they don't know, if they're not a DJ now, mm. how do you go about, so if someone comes to see you at Mambo, right, they're just sat there with the pals and they're like, fuck, Ryan's playing some wicked tunes, don't the fuck they are. Mm. How would they go about finding them? Like what, what, how did you go about finding them? Like if, if someone wanted to basically do what you did, you know, regardless of how difficult it might be now, but like if someone was like, yeah, I want to, I want to get myself a white beater, I want to play some, um, some set sets on the strip and that. Mm. How do they go about finding that music? How do they go about getting it? Like, um, well, I guess it's just, well, with me, I was watching them on the BAT TV right. thing. So like, like you said before with the, um, live streams, most of them do come with a track list. And they tell you. <laughs> or just, outrightly out some DJs are a bit funny like you see them seeing they've got new music and they've scribbled out what they've bought on Beatport and stuff but, <laughs> which makes no, no sense to me but like luckily these people like Jason Byer and Baxter Graham the, the, there's no Quite ego but they're just yeah. I, I you just say what's this and most of the time what I do is well especially Sunset Music there's Cafe Mambo compilations to look back on so I bought every one of them right and then you go on iTunes and it's, it says like related artists. And then you just find your own little way. Oh, oh, you never know. You might know stuff yourself um, as you're listening. But sometimes I'll play like a, a film soundtrack, like a Gladiator soundtrack. And then so stuff I'm, I'm at home, again, which anybody walks in and think, what the hell's going on? Because I've got like a Gladiator, the full soundtrack blaring this opera thing. And I'm like, right, that's 
felt like that. <laughs> These things, but a lot of people aren't looking for that because they're not. Yeah. Eating, but that's what I did when I wasn't that person. That's the difference, I think, which cool. is why I've been lucky and it's worked for what I'm doing. But um, I, just ask me, like, I, I, I don't think there's many Ibiza residents who are in a in a in my I position think, doing what I'm doing, where they're going to have any. I think you get to like. Song. I think you, I speak for myself here, but I think you get to the point where, and it's not arrogance. I guess it's a level of confidence, and maybe I'm just a bit longer than tooth. But like, I'd happily tell you, I'd happily give you my track listing or whatever, yeah. like, or anyone, because I'm like. I can tell you the records, but like, it's, it's another thing to know how to piece them together. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's another thing to know how to piece them together every other day for fucking six months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like to churn the records and to like know what one to play at what time and after yeah. which one. And, to... and that's the thing, because I get a lot of that when I'm, can you play this? And I'm, whatever I might be playing, it might be like a, a defect. So it's a purple disco machine. Trying yeah. to can you play, uh, and I just, Oh, but anything you just a- anything can you can you play this and you you think yes I can but, but I always say can you give us ten minutes but not next <laughs> I, like, I, I'll find a way to get to that but, yeah. but I've, I've been in places where you goes from one extreme to the other and you're like yeah. all right the, the, you've mixed it in all right but oh, wait, the vibe is now it's, just it's totally different you've got to get like so if it's a disco tra- I don't know it's, it's that's that's something that you learn as a DJ you, get, you either can read the room and read understand yeah. how to get from one point to another or you you can't and so we're, we're not going to like I think you've you've really explained well the kind of the journey to get there and everything else so I'm not going to like you know I think we've, we've done we've done a lot on Ibiza I'm going to round it off a little just a question about that has much changed like obviously you're meeting more people you're doing a few more gigs but like season four that you've just well you haven't just finished but like season four which was mm-hmm. the last one is, is, is much mammothly changed? Are you still just at Savannah, at Mambo, and then doing these extra bits and bobs? Like, is, are you in like a rhythm now, or is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot more secure. Okay. And I'm uh, every, every, like you say every year you're meeting people, so I don't. I was getting gigs off the island during the summer. Right. Cool. So I was playing like Barcelona with uh, the Eye Culture, which is Richard Earnshaw and yeah. Steve Taylor cool. crew. Which had, I met them through. Uh, Mambo do a thing in Butlins and Ibiza Legends Weekender yeah. and I just went down and again it's just networking I, I, I wasn't going to get any money from it yeah. I just wanted to be there and meet people and it's come from that and then I, sorry I can't remember the name of the, the event but I played with the Melon Bomb boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is four island residents who also do their own thing <clears throat> but they would come, uh, come together collectively as Melon Bomb in the yeah. <clears throat> who's that is it it's, <clears throat> it's Paul Reynolds Scott Greer, Ben Santiago, ben. and Juan Corby. But cool. you'll know Ben from Lovely Laura and Ben yeah, Santiago. Ben. Yeah. Uh, Scott Greer, he does like island things. Juan Corby's associate with Pikes as well. So they're all doing yeah. their own thing. Ryan's well. doing Shire and, 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 and yeah. Paul's, Paul's also the high resident. But yeah. playing with with them in Mallorca, I was warm enough for them, which I've looked up to them boys as well. So it, that's what I mean. All the island residents are the people that are yeah. like they're, they're my heroes in my life. But um. From that Melanbomb, from the gig in New York, he said, oh, do you want to come and play with me and Hi? So I got a chance to play Hi last that, year, yeah. which hopefully, Paul, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to do, do you know what? I was supposed to do a podcast when I was in IB for it, the start of the year, and I saw Andy Baxter doing the Torrey, um, like Sunset, and then I did an episode with um, Fat Phil Cooper, and I was and I was um, supposed to do one parallels, but I think he's had some family sh- stuff on, so like hopefully I'll, I'll sort that out, like... Um, no, but they're, they're all wicked. But all these island residents I'm mentioning, the ones I haven't, they're all the most down to earth people in the world. Yeah, and Graham's a really good guy. All, the all class. They've all got all the time in the world for you. And, but they're all they're, they're amazing at what they do. Especially you mentioned Latour, which is another Mambo group. Yeah. And so every year I kind of I give me I Mambo. Wait, seeing that I never had a plan. I always that was always thing I aimed for, and I never expected it to happen. At all, never mind that fast. So when it did, I didn't really know where to go next. So it's kind of just been a journey yeah. of like, right, what am I doing now? So Latour is somewhere I've never played, but that's one of my favourite places on the island. And yeah, that is cool. something, as much as I've done a lot of chill-out stuff, that's a, it's an even different kind of stuff. So I go up there now, not to do what I did at Savannah, but just to learn in case, because you, you, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. And I, I'm Latour and somewhere else. Um Oh, even Ocean Beach is is on another flip side of that. Yeah. I've never played that, but I've got friends who would do with that one as well. So yeah, the Ocean Beach last summer, it's uh, it's good, it's good crap. It's, you know, it's a bit like Geordie Shorey and like all that. Not in a disrespectful way, but it's like it's a totally different vibe from from yeah. Mambo. But it's good fun and like it's uh, yeah, it's you know, shout out to, to Wayne Lineker. Um, it's uh, you know, doing my best to look like him. Um, so yeah, so, so so just you know, move away before I wrap it up a little bit, like. Um, 
I guess then, I mean, I guess you've already answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Like, what what's the plan? Like, is the plan like would you ever move to Ibiza? Be there year round? Like, is the is the is as it as it stands? Is it just keep going? Like, is the I know like, is there a plan or is the what's what's in your in the back of your mind? Um, that's the thing. The kind of <clears throat> the is and the isn't, but there isn't. Like when I say there is one, there isn't one I can tell you. Just kind of like yeah. I've always just thought that we have respect them island res- the island residents that I've mentioned that um, it's always been like quite as long as somebody looks up to me as long uh, the way I look up to them I've, I've done my job but it, yeah. I'm, there's there's opportunities coming here there and everywhere all the time so I I, I don't know there's just just a plan to, to have a, a to enjoy what I'm doing do it well and you know, just just no, not really. I can't. Cool. There's no nice. nice. Just, just see, see what happens, which is maybe a bit too laid back. But there's always just a plan to do exactly what I want. But I'm, I've started now going on the Mambo tours and stuff. So that's a different. Yeah, you and Danny are in Glasgow. Me right? and Danny are in Glasgow. There's, but that's all the Mambo residents that like would get sent out here, yeah. there, and everywhere. And that, that's it's the next move to start it's, doing more. With that's them. quite interesting, though, isn't it? Because ultimately, you're doing a club, so you're playing in a very different sense than yeah, you are right. playing at Mambo. Mm. So how do you? How do you translate the Mambo brand into a nightclub sound? Kind of like, um, well, one, you just, we were playing, in a, it was more of a, I'd say more of a, a bigger bar than a oh, nightclub right, okay. kind of thing, right, okay. where I was in, in the social, but Mambo have done clubs and stuff, but it's just kind of just bringing some good house music to the okay. place. And um, the residents set it up great in uh, Glasgow, so you, it's the same as any room you want and just whoever's in front of you. Just I, I never really look at the venue. I just look at the, the crowd. Like, okay. So uh, the, the crowd just wanted feel good house up there. But uh, you, like I say... It's the, always good in Glasgow. Uh, uh, oh, the, the crazy. <laughs> but you kind of just get... like you, you get that kind of thing from who you play with. So if, throughout the week in Mambo last year, you could play after Claptone, which is more of a just a, a, a light-hearted kind of feel-good sound. Then, yeah. then the Tuesday, you, it's either Salado or Camel Fat Fisher. Yeah. So you're playing a completely like tech out. Or you don't have to, but you can, you want the night to flow. Well, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. you, you do at least a half an hour of it because the crowd have come down to see them and then yeah. you blend it in. Or a Wednesday, it was Armin Van Buren's night, which I can't do it. So I, I, wouldn't, I, I didn't do many of them nights, if, if any. But you, you, So you, you're always picking up different styles. So you, you kind of... Yeah. Mambo is really good for... For actually just gathering that that, that that amount of music so you you're quite prepared for yeah. or hopefully prepared for anything that hit you know what I mean? But is there as as there any like have you touched on production? Like is there anything like No, but that, that that's something that I, I I should have done a while ago. But it's always something that I always I, I know I need to I've got to start doing it. You know? I'm in a position where I'm in I'm in a good position. But I mean to be fair, it's not bad that, that anyone isn't. I mean like you know what I mean? Like it it just it, it seems this today today it seems in the current like era that it seems to go together more than it ever used to mm. like you know what i mean i'm you know graham sahara and a lot of those lads you mentioned they didn't become island residents because they were producing records mm. they became island residents because they were cracking djs yeah, yeah. who could you know pick the right record at the right moment and had you know the technical ability to make it sound great and that's you know it shouldn't be forgotten that that's where djs came from um but now it seems like being a DJ and having some, I think, sort of I think it's quite harder to crack music. Yeah, having some music to hang your hat on, it seems to be, you know, it seems to be. So it's nothing to be like, you know, it's nothing to like to not be doing is, is anything wrong. It just seems to go like it'd be remiss of me not to ask you. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Just that was all really. Um, so I think like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I oh, shout out because <laughs> I got it wrong. So well, I didn't get it wrong. Ryan um, Ryan Miles, BCM resident, was supposed to be doing uh, this Saturday for us, uh, the 29th, but I got the date wrong. So he's now doing um, Saturday, May the 9th. So if you're listening and you want to come and check out Ryan McDevitt playing, he's playing for us, um, my, my little like Felix and friends down in um, Violet Peter Lee, come and check out on Saturday. Uh, it should be amazing. Um, but we're going to wrap it up with same way wrap up every podcast, which is going to get you to curate your dream gig, I guess. So you get to pick a venue, like it can be a venue, like it can be somewhere real, like Mambo, uh, like High, whatever it can be, Lola's, do you know what I mean? It can be wherever you want. It can be like a festival, like it could be somewhere generic, like a tiny club that holds 200, a festival or whatever. But we need a venue that this 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 thing's going to take place in. And then we want like three acts. So like there's no headline act. It's not like warm up, like blah, blah, blah. It's just three acts to perform. 
Uh, it can be a DJ. It can be you. You can go like you can so you can perform with someone on your own, or you can just watch whoever's on. When I say act, it can be melon bomb. It can be a DJ. It can be two DJs you like back to back. It can be from three DJs you like back to back to back to back. It can be a band like. You can put Oasis on, you can put whatever you want on, like, you know, PBH, put 1975 and whatever. It's just basically like a little thing to finish it off with. So we're looking for, where is it going to take place? Where's your venue of choice? Ooh, that's all right. <laughs> Tough one. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd see a high, high, but in the wild corner. Because okay. that, that is my favourite room, the toilets. And I'd see it just purely... F- so, so we're going to do the toilets at Hyde. If so, anyone doesn't know, go and check this out. On the, I don't know how you can't not know. But if you don't know, go and check it out. And it's like, basically, it's a long room, isn't it? Like, just, it's it, it's called the Wild Corner. It's the WC. Yeah. Which is, it's essentially just... A, it, it, it is the toilets, but it's not. It is another room for you. The DJ Bruce in the middle. Yeah. It's one of the best rooms you can ever be in, never mind play in. It's just... The atmosphere is just second to none. It's... It's it's just unbelievable. They, 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 there's no other way to describe it. But if you're ever in Ibiza, go to high anyway. High the other rooms, the production, everything is class. But yeah. this room is just a little bit more intimate. You, you get some you get some unbelievable DJs in there, and the sets in there just seem to be a little bit special. Maybe it's kind of like you get people whining and thinking, "What the hell is going on?" Then they are immersed straight into the crowd. It sort of seems wrong, which is what makes it so. Right? Yes, <laughs> in in a way, one of them things. But it, it's not. It it isn't just a. A table at the back with a set of decks on. Everything is set up like to perfection. The DJ booth. It's not uh, like a little makeshift. Oh, we've got a DJ playing sat next to you when you when you're <laughs> sitting on the ball. It's really something special. Yeah. So I'd say in that as it, it, it would have to be maybe me because yeah. I'm just greedy. Yeah. Um. By uh, Jason By and Andy Baxter back to back. Yeah. And I'd say the Melbourne boys because every time they're playing that all, it, it, the roof just comes off the place. Like so that that is my ultimate. That would be my ultimate night out. Really like enough. Me, nice warm one. enough for them boys. Absolute class. Nice one. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. I'll see you again on Saturday and uh, hopefully see you in IB for this summer. No Cheers, worries, mate. Thank you very much. No worries, bro. Felix Leiter's In The House. The podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are.